Hey guys, I am back. I was just on with Brian Scudamore from 1-800-GOT-JUNK and he was having some technical difficulties so we moved the interview till tomorrow and I was trying to do an Ask Hala Anything session previous to that but we had some rude people in the comments. So I'm giving it another shot because I think it's really unfair to the people who did want to have a session with me and who were being positive and had good energy and a couple of folks were fighting and ruined it for everyone. So I'm back on by chance because my interview was moved till tomorrow morning. And so I wanted to hop on. And if you guys have any questions about podcasting, about LinkedIn marketing, about me, about networking, about overcoming failure, let me know. I'd be happy to share any of my knowledge with you guys. Just ask me anything. So yeah, like I said, shout out to Michael, Victor, Ashwin, Gabe. Let's go. Let's have a great session. Positive energy. And guys, if somebody starts fighting in the comments, please block them. Do something about it. I can't see all my comments for some reason, my LinkedIn, because it's like so much stuff goes on on my LinkedIn. Like half the time, my messages don't even work. I can't load anything these days because the engagement is, I guess, high or I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I can't see that. If you can report the people that are fighting in the comments, please do that because it's, it's ruining it for everybody else. So yeah, ask me anything. Whatever you guys want, ask me any questions about podcasting, about marketing. I happen to be on because my interview just got canceled and postponed until tomorrow. So I've got some extra time and I, I want to provide value any way that I can to anybody who wants it. So what would be the best way to market yourself? How did you start or what made you start doing this? So I started my personal brand on LinkedIn when I started my podcast. And so really my motive for starting my personal brand was to promote my podcast and get as much downloads as possible. And it just happened to be that company pages on LinkedIn don't really work. Um, I've never really seen anything, unless like you're a huge company. And most of the time they, they get their following from paid ads on LinkedIn. So your personal brand is the way to go if you want to promote something on LinkedIn. You want to do it as you, not your company, because those company pages, unless you want to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars on paid ads or thousands of dollars on paid ads, at least, like, you're not going to get any traction. Nobody cares about the company page. So I basically started my personal brand on LinkedIn in tandem with my podcast. And I guess you're asking why did I do it or what's the best way? I mean, I think you need to have some sort of value statement. So for me, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I provide actionable content for my listeners. And so my channel on LinkedIn is all about providing actionable advice. I don't really have like one core theme. I'm pretty broad, but that's the purpose. It's just to provide value to help anybody profit financially or professionally from my content. So that's my value proposition. So you've got to think about like, what's the value that you give to the world? Are you an expert on finance? Then maybe you can provide value on finance. Are you an expert on networking? Then maybe you focus on that. So you've got to find your perspective and what you're good at and then provide that value. What you don't want to do is just promote your product. If I was going to go on LinkedIn and I just said, listen to my podcast because I'm Hala. Thank you. You know, uh, please listen to my podcast. It's awesome. Thanks. You know, that's not going to work. Every post that I do, even if the reader doesn't listen to the podcast, that post has valuable information. And so even though the end result is I want them to go, you know, subscribe and become a new listener, even if they don't, and I have plenty of people who just enjoy my content on LinkedIn, 
that's why they follow me and that's why they engage. It's because I'm actually providing value. I'm not just trying to sell them something. I'm, I'm giving them something in return. You don't want to ask your audience for anything until like two years into your community building because you want your audience to trust you. So it's not about selling anything. It's about providing value. What does your podcast prep look like? This is from Michael Loggins. Thanks for the question. So my podcast prep is pretty intensive. I spent about 10 hours studying every guest on my show. And so I listen to other podcasts I've been on. I read their book. I check out the reviews for their books on Goodreads or Amazon. I read the good reviews and I read the bad reviews. That's a tip that I got from Jordan Harbinger, who's like a top podcaster. And it gives you insight because a lot of people like, especially the bad reviews, because you get like the alternate perspective and it could give you ideas about questions. My team does a whole bunch of research. So I have a producer. His name is Shiv. He's like a researcher, producer, and Peter. And they look at YouTube videos and they get information from that. And basically what I have is a template. And so I have a template that's like, who's the speaker? What's their bio? What did they do before? What was their career journey like? What do they do now? What are some quotes that they've said in the past? What are their main topics? And then for each main topic, we've got like a little template that I have my research team fill out. And so it's really extensive. I think it's way more than other podcasts do. But I think that's why my podcast is so awesome is because we really think it through and we we don't waste the guest time. We know exactly what we're going to ask and no matter what they respond with, I kind of know how to take it because we've done so much research and I always know like the right question to ask about what the guest said. And so lots of pre-production. The other thing that I have my team that they're starting next week, which I'm so excited about, I'm getting like really busy. I've been doing a lot of interviews and a lot of freelance projects and just like really busy lately. And so I've been really stressed out before my podcast interviews because I used to have more time to study. And now I feel like I'm like, you know, here and there need to study and multitask. And so I'm going to have my research team start reading the podcast research to me so that I can listen to it like a podcast and while I'm working out, study. And I love audio and that's how I learn. And so having them read me the research, I think is going to feel great because I'll be able to like absorb that information. I learn best through audio. I like listening and I can multitask. So um, that's how I'm going to study going forward for the most part. Yeah. And then so once we get all that research, I don't even think about questions until I do like 10 hours of listening to the guest on other interviews, whether it's videos, audio. Then I start thinking about my questions. Uh, my team also comes up with questions. They're getting better and better at it. And I usually put the flow together, finalize the questions, and that's how I prep for a show. So lots goes into it. It's not just like a one, two, three. And I think that's why we have such great content. Gabe, he says, I appreciate all your content being original. And for me, that's what makes it so valuable. There's a lot of people who call themselves experts in different fields, but they have no original content. All they do is copy and paste from other experts. Thank you for being so unique. Oh, thank you so much, Gabe. I really appreciate that. Shout out to Victor. Shout out to Ashwin. Shout out to... Armando, thank you guys. Ask me any questions you guys have about LinkedIn marketing, about podcasting. So I have another question here. How many people behind the scenes does it take to run a podcast efficiently? Well, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking that, Armando. So I am a unique case, right? I have a full-time job. So my team is rather large. Um, if I wanted to be a regular podcast and not have so much marketing, then I don't think we would need to be as large. I just scaled my team to like 19 people. I know that's crazy, <laughs> but um, we're doing other things in the background. I'm like doing some things that I can't announce yet. 
But basically, to run a podcast, I think you need a few things. You need a host. So who's the host? And as a host, you can do it all. You can be the audio editor. You can be the producer. You can be the marketer. There's plenty of people who do them by themselves. Like, look at, I have a colleague, Adam Posner. Shout out to him. I'll let him know that I shouted him out. He's on LinkedIn too. I think he does everything himself. I think he does the marketing, the production, the the audio editing. I, I think he may do it all himself. There's plenty of people like that. I personally think that the best way to do it is to have a host and to have an audio engineer at the very least. Because I think that audio editing is just like a little bit too much to have to do that as well. It probably will get really stressful unless this is like your full-time thing and this is you or you're really young and this is like all you've got going on. Then yeah, go ahead. Learn how to audio edit. I know how to audio edit because it's a good skill to have, but I don't want to spend my time doing that. And then it's the marketing piece of it. So I would say that I spend just as much time producing my show as I do marketing it. And I think that's why we've been able to grow really fast and we have so many listeners. It's because I'm, I'm actually proactively trying to get listeners and I spend just as much time on the marketing as I do the, the podcasting. So right now I have Celine and Eliza who are my video editors and they work hand in hand. I've got interns who work for the podcast and I think that's a great way to get support. There's a lot of people who want to learn about podcasting so if you've started one already they probably want to learn from you so check out if you can get some interns that can help support but I think at the very minimum to make a long answer short is you need an audio engineer and you need a host And as the host, most of the time you start off as a producer. And then like me, eventually as you get bigger and you need to scale, you might get like a researcher or somebody to help you produce the show. So I would say at the very least an audio engineer. Okay, what other questions do you guys have? Thank you so much, Victor. Thanks, Ramesses. Thanks for tuning in. What other questions do you guys have for me? I want to start a podcast about sports. What's the best approach for me starting off? Well, that's great that you already know that you want to start a podcast. That's step number one. And it's awesome that you even know the niche that you're going to be in. So what I would do is I would go listen to the top sports podcasts. And I would just be a learner and listen to all those shows and study their format. Are they doing interviews? Is it narration style? Are they only interviewing athletes? Are they interviewing other people in the sports industry? What are they doing that you like? What are they doing that you don't like? And take the best approach and figure out what your show format is gonna be. I think that's like number one thing that you should do is study the content out there and decide how you wanna format your show. One thing you got to realize is that some show formats are more complicated than others. You know, to have a narration storytelling type show is actually a lot more difficult than having an interview style show because you have to write scripts, you have to really think about all the elements, you might have to add music. It's it's way more intricate and it's more like a TV show that's audio than it is, you know, a podcast. So If you're going like something that you just want to like be able to put out episodes fast and do it kind of cheap, then maybe it's it's an interview style. Or if you have more time and you want to take your time with it and make it more of a series, maybe it's more of a storytelling podcast. So number one is figure out your angle and format. Secondly, you want to think about your name. And so your name is really important. And this is something that I didn't know when I was starting. So my podcast name is Young and Profiting Podcast. That has absolutely no keywords that anybody would ever be looking for. You're never looking 
for a podcast on iTunes, like, let me look for a young podcast or let me look for a profiting pod. Like, that doesn't happen, right? I have a friend. His name is Brian Ford. He's got a podcast called Self-Improvement Daily. And he doesn't do, like, he does marketing, but not like me. Like, I have to, like, force every single person to listen to my show with, like, one-on-one marketing because nobody can find my show unless I'm, like, this is my show. Here's the link. Please listen to it. You know, they can't just find my show. For him, he gets millions of downloads and he's like, doesn't have a huge social media presence. And it's because he has keywords in his show. So look at the other popular shows and see what keywords they're using. See what people are looking up on Google and what keywords they're using around your sport topic that you want. And come up with a show name that is keyword rich. I think that is the best thing you can do if you want to start a popular podcast out the gate because people are going to find you organically rather than having to, you know, spoon feed them the way that I do for my podcast. I'm lucky I'm a great marketer. Otherwise, nobody would know about my show. And, you know, I probably should change my show name, not only because I have listeners of all ages, but because it's hard to find my show. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who wanna try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you wanna make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Can you dig into what kind of marketing you do to engage and get new listeners? Sure. So let's start with micro content. So micro content is basically taking long form content and turning it into little videos or audiograms. And so what I do now is I record every single one of my podcasts on video. And then from that video, I turn it into a 10 minute video for YouTube. I turn it into like a three to five minute video for LinkedIn and 59 seconds for Instagram. And that's how I create my social content for each episode. In addition to that, I might create like a ebook or some like PDF slider, which is like popular on LinkedIn and Instagram these days. Or I might create like, you know, any sort of graphic. And if it's just audio only, I'll do an audiogram. But the key is consistency. It doesn't really matter like what you do or how you market. It's like really just like providing valuable content and doing it consistently. And that's how you kind of market your channel. So that's like the organic social piece of it. The other side of it is like one-to-one engagement. Um, my friend and recent guest, Lauren Tickner, calls this personal relationship marketing. 
And so that's actually engaging people in the DMs. So what I do is I message people about my show. If they're a new connection, I typically let them know what my show is about. I tell them about the latest episode. I give them a link to download. And then I also re-engage my following. So I'll send them out a message and tell them like, you know, I hope you've been listening to Young and Profiting Podcast, but if you haven't yet, my latest episode is this. Link to download is this. Looking forward for you to like listen to my podcast, even if they've been following me for like a year or whatever it is, I try to re-engage them because it's also important to like retain your following. And sometimes people like listened like a year ago and then like they forgot about it. And then it's like a good reminder for them to listen again. So I think the one-to-one engagement is really important. Um, I really try to connect with my following and go deep, not necessarily wide. And so I think DMs are really important when it comes to growing your podcast and, and growing that listenership. The other way is paid ads. So if you got money, if you can invest in it, I I grew my podcast totally organically. I'm only now thinking about paid ads and doing like cross promotion with podcast apps and things like that. And I hope it's going to work and and scale me even faster. But you can also look into paid ads. I think people have success with Facebook ads with podcasting. If you're going to put your channel on YouTube, you'll have a lot of success there. It's really affordable to do YouTube advertising. And then if you want to do Google ads or even the podcast apps themselves, you can advertise on Spotify. I think the only app that you can't advertise on is Apple, but all the other podcast apps like have ways to advertise on them. So I've grown mine organically, but if you've got the money to invest, you could also do paid ads. I would say focus on the content and the listeners will come. And if you have good content, it will also spread by word of mouth. So like, I think that's really important. You could spend all the money in the world, but um, you're not going to retain anyone if your content sucks. So also focus on the content. That's really important. Okay, how can I promote myself on LinkedIn to others since I'm a new freelance marketer? I get new leads for companies. Thank you. This is Sean Sarita. How can I promote myself on LinkedIn since I'm new and you're a new freelance marketer? Okay, so I would look at other marketers that are having success and try to get their following. That's what I would do. If I was trying to grow a personal brand on LinkedIn, I would look at my competition and steal their following, quite frankly. So what I would do is I would see who is liking and commenting on their posts, and I would invite them to connect. And I would tell them that I'm also posting, you know, marketing content and providing valuable content around marketing, and I think you'll be interested in my content, looking forward to connect. The key to grow on LinkedIn is to have a following that actually participates on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is full of dead connections. LinkedIn is full of people who go to get a job and then never come back on the platform. And so the way that you drive engagement to your page is by posting valuable content by, and by also having a following that is engaged and that actually comments and likes on people's posts. So I would go find somebody who's doing it right. So I'm a marketer. I probably have a lot of people who like marketing, but I don't talk about marketing all the time. That's not, I'm more like self-improvement, right? You want to go find like that person who is like known for marketing and emulate what they do. See what kind of posts they do. And you need to have an organic content strategy. So if you're trying to like make a stamp on LinkedIn as a freelance marketer, then you need to be providing marketing advice on your feed every single day. And Once you follow people who are interested in that content and you're posting consistently relative content, you'll start to see engagement on your posts. I guarantee it. 
you know, but you have to proactively find those people who want that kind of information. And then it scales naturally by itself. Then people like your content and then their followers see it and then they follow you and then you don't have to do as much work. But the beginning is a lot of work. It's a lot of proactive trying to get people who may be interested in your content to follow you or connect with you. And then it spreads by word of mouth or just by like visibility within the platform from other people engaging on your content. The other thing I would do is those same competitors who you're stealing their following comment on their posts and start to provide valuable comments, not just like, cool, yeah, good job, like something really meaningful where you start a dialogue with someone else. And then you'll become like a top comment on their post and other people will see you, start following you, and you'll become more a part of the community. So it's really about becoming part of a community. That's what LinkedIn is all about. So engaging on other people's posts, proactively inviting people to connect, providing valuable information, that is the winning formula to grow a following on LinkedIn and stand out in your field. Great, Sean. I'm glad it was helpful. Gabe, when someone messages you a question, do you personally answer it or does your team handle it? This is from Gabe. It's a mix of both. Usually it's me, honestly. I'm like always checking my DMs. For some reason, my DMs are not working on my phone anymore. I don't know if like I've reached the limit or something, but like it's just like doesn't even, it's like frozen all the time. So that's been hindering me from answering my messages. But you know, people get really pissed off if you don't respond to them in their DMs. So I either make sure that I do it or somebody from my team does it. But usually it's me, honestly. I really try to get to know my following. I only now have my team doing it because I don't want people to feel offended that they're not getting a response and, I, and it's just getting a little overwhelming. But usually it's me. And when it is me, I let people know that it, it is me. And when it's the, my interns or something like that, usually they say it's, it's Hala's intern and they let them know that it's not me so that we're not like, you know, deceiving anyone. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Victor. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Pedro. Pedro, are you up for being a guest on another podcast? Of course. Let me know. My email is hala at youngandprofiting.com. And I've been taking one or two interviews a week. I do not care what your following is. I don't care if it's your first episode. I'm happy to come on. Who am I to say no to come on your podcast? So many guests took a chance on me, and so I'm willing to take a chance on anyone. So if you want me to come on your show, I'm happy to come on. Just shoot me an email, holla at youngandprofiting.com. It might take me a while because I'm a little backed up in terms of scheduling, but I will eventually get back and uh, schedule time to be on your show. How do I generate traffic and then turn it into sales? Okay, that's a great question. I have so many podcast episodes about this too. So if you're interested in that, check out Richard Moore, check out Lauren Tickner, really great salespeople, both gave excellent advice in terms of sales and starting an online business. So in terms of generating traffic and then turning it into sales, I've said it a few times, it's about providing value and then being known as a trustworthy expert in your space and then getting the sales. So for example, I am a podcaster and I'm a great marketer. And I think my sweet spot is the fact that I know how to market podcasts better than anyone else. And I never tried to advertise these services. I've never said I want to be a podcast marketer. I never even tried to get clients. Now I can't end a conversation with another podcaster without them wanting our services to produce them content, podcast marketing content. And it's because I've proven that my stuff is better than everybody else. And everybody's like, well, I want cool videos too, Hala. Like, how come I don't have cool videos? How much does it cost? Can you 
help me with cool videos, you know? Like, it's just like, what's your value? What are you extremely good at? And proving that out, and then people will, if they need your services, they're gonna recognize you as the expert. So it's really about providing value first and showcasing that you are the expert. And, and then I think the money will come. The other thing is like free resources. Again, it's it's showing that you're an expert. Providing free resources is a great way to attract leads. It's a great way to get people's emails and, and continue that engagement. But again, it's about providing that free value up front and then being known as an expert. And then I think the, the sales will come. From Salmon, what's your greatest challenge and how do you overcome it? And how do you plan your next five moves in podcasting? <sighs> So my greatest challenge right now is I've got so much opportunity and not enough time and I've got to figure out like what I really want and what I'm going to do, you know? So it's just like basically like what what direction do I want to take life? And that's my biggest challenge right now because it just seems like so much opportunity and so much is happening to me right now and I need to figure out like what I'm going to do with with all of it and and how I'm going to kind of progress in the future. So how do I plan my next steps with my podcasting? I mean, my goals are always the same. I want subscribers, I want downloads, and I want to be ranked higher and higher. And like, those are my goals and they never really change. It's not about like money or advertising. It's not really about that. It's like, I just want to be a top podcaster. That's my goal. I want to be the female Tim Ferriss. I've been saying it out loud a million times because I want it to come true, right? And so anything that just helps me get closer to that goal. So for example, um, I just got a cross-promotion deal with CastBox and like they're gonna put me on their banners and feature the podcast and like that's gonna grow my downloads and so like that's like one strategy that I'm taking to grow it's more on like collaborations with big companies or podcast apps that can kind of push me to the next level and also collaborating with other big podcasters and, and trying to get like a lot of these big podcasters they have like in with Apple and it's like I did everything by myself I have no in with Apple you know and some people they do and like they immediately got on like new and noteworthy and became like the number one podcast and things like that and they have those connections so like trying to make those like more personal connections with like the podcasting industry so that I can take it to the next level and I can get like more visibility because sometimes you need that extra push in terms of like getting like featured on a podcast app or, and things like that. So really I'm just focused on growing my podcast. And now that the podcast itself is kind of generating income through our agency, putting that all into paid ads so that we can really blow this up. So that's really the goal. Young and profiters, we are all making money, but is your money hustling for you? Meaning are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Who is my biggest inspiration and why? That's from Victor Ramirez. My biggest inspiration, that's really my dad, if I have to be quite honest. Um, He grew up a poor farmer's son in Palestine during war. And he lived in one room with his whole family. He had six siblings. And all he had to eat was pita bread and dates. And he ended up being a surgeon and owning a medical center and doing so many things. And he came to America when he was pretty young. He went to Egypt on a scholarship for medicine. And he studied his butt off. Like, he was the only one really from his family that, like, went off and did something, like, that amazing. And... I just look up to him so much. He recently passed away and he gave my family everything. And I feel like the reason why I do Young and Profiting podcast and I work 80 hours a week or, you know, 100 hours a week, whatever it is, is because I want to give back. And I feel this like, I feel like this is my responsibility because I feel like I was handed everything in life to do something great. And I was given all this opportunity by my dad who sacrificed everything and and basically like did so much with so little. And I feel like I was given so much, so I better damn well do something amazing, you know, because and help people along the way just like he helped everybody else. So like he was so generous. He put all my cousins in Palestine like through college. He never like was flashy and like just always gave back, was so generous like his whole life. And that's how I feel. I feel like I need to give back. I feel like I want everybody to know that like life is limitless. Life is, you know, whatever you make it out to be. I want people to believe in themselves. And I know that not everybody comes from such a good home. Not everybody comes from stability. And I want to be that voice to help people and be the best that they can be and help people kind of follow their dreams and believe in themselves. And so that's why my dad's my biggest inspiration. (laughs) I know a few people who would like to work with you. They're California-based. If you like more intern employee, please let me know. Thanks, Daniel. Sure, you could message me. I just scaled my team. I just literally got like 10 more people on my team. So I don't think I'm going to bring more people on. But every time I do bring on new interns, I usually put it out on LinkedIn. So uh, check that out. And if you really feel like somebody would be really uh, happy to be on the team or intern, shoot me a message. I'll definitely check it out. Thanks, Adam. What questions do you have, Adam? Hey, Tim. Yeah, round two. I got like, we got taken over last time. Brian Scudamore, uh, rescheduled till tomorrow morning. So I figured I'd just hop on and try again this time. Maybe it'll work out. Oh, thank you, Remesis. Thanks. It's an amazing why. Okay. What else? What other questions do you guys have for me? Is there a way, this is from Miriam. Is there a way to make the one I do marketing to him, my target to be interested? Ooh, I don't really understand that question. The way to have people be interested in you is to, is to actually find out what they're interested in first. So I say this time and time again, and it's just so important. People aren't going to find your content. You need to find them. That's the key. That's the key to everything. You need to, in the beginning, in the beginning, you need to find them. So it's not how do people find my marketing. It's how do I reach out to the people that may like my stuff and become visible to them. So that's really the key. So it's about providing content that people care about. So do you have original content? 
Or do you curate content from other sources that are really good? Like, what do you do that that's providing value? If you're just going to, like, put up cat videos and, like, whatever on LinkedIn, like, nobody's – some people do have success with that, actually. So I should take that back. But you need to actually have an approach. You need to know what you're going to talk about and actually provide value and spend time in it with it. It's, it's, it's time-consuming, and that's what makes it valuable is because you're consolidating information from other sources. You're using your personal experience. You're telling a story. Whatever it is, it's work. And so you're putting that work out for free to people who may be interested in that. And you're going to actually want to target people who like that content already and would likely engage on that content. So that's really what you're, like how you grow community. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Alim. Thanks for tuning in. Shout out to Daniel. Shout out to Victor. Shout out to Miriam. Shout out to Ramesis. Shout out to Juan. Shout out to Sean. Shout out to Stravos from Texas. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another Ask Me Hollis session. Um, I really loved all the questions. And I really appreciate everybody who listens to the show. We've got a great episode coming out next week. I actually talk about Amazon with Steve Anderson. He wrote a book all about Jeff Bezos, the Jeff Bezos letters, it's called, or the Amazon letters. I can't remember. And it was basically like all about how Amazon scaled and became like one of the biggest companies in the world. And we dive deep into the different strategies that Amazon has taken. It's really interesting. So that comes out on Monday. And then tomorrow I'm interviewing Brian Scudamore, who is the CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And he has an incredible story. He only graduated from kindergarten. He never graduated from high school and never graduated from college. And he started like a $200 million company. It's literally in every metropolitan in the world. And he's got such an awesome story. So I'm super excited for that interview tomorrow. I've been studying him and it's just going to be so great. So if you guys are interested, definitely check out the new episodes that are coming out. And Tim, yeah, thanks for busting my chops. Thanks, guys. Um... Tune in to next week when maybe I'll come on impromptu again if somebody cancels on me for an Ask Holla Anything session. Thanks, guys, and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or comment on YouTube, SoundCloud, or your favorite platform. Reviews make all the hard work worth it. They're the ultimate thank you to me and the Yap team. The other way to support us is by word of mouth. Share this podcast with a friend or family member who may find it valuable. Follow Yap on Instagram at Young and Profiting and check us out at youngandprofiting.com. You can find me on Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Hala Taha. Until next time, this is Hala signing off.